Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Hitting the Bar, the football podcast. I'm Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. Well, Jeff, we are nearly there. Uh, football about to start next week uh, in England. In England, yeah. Yeah, it has started, of course, in Germany and it is stopped in France and Scotland. But, well, no, it's just moved to the, to the courts, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, in, <laughs> in France it's kind of has. They're deciding whether or not to relegate uh, a team or whether to allow them to stay up and bring up another two teams. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, the common sense decision is is just don't relegate and bring up the two teams, and the, no nobody will play any more games than last season because they've stopped their Premier League from playing in the uh, French League Cup. They'll have a twenty-two team league, and yeah. uh, then they'll sort of gradually ease back into twenty, I suppose. Yeah, so exactly, that means Paris Saint-Germain are champions, and and uh, Amiens stay up and get another chance to fight next season. Yeah, and Amiens should stay up because they they've always been much much better in the last ten games of the season than the the, the oh. rest of it so they will have been penalised by some some formula of points per matches or whatever which is nonsense well the Scottish League the Scottish Premier League has finished on uh, the points per match basis <laughs> and Hearts have been relegated the Rangers are champions whatever no no Rangers are not champions Celtic sorry are. Celtic are champions <laughs> difference yeah, yeah, very, huge yeah. difference sorry Rangers are outraged and Celtic are champions that's what I meant to say yeah well Rangers are always outraged yes they, they are so, yeah, yeah. yeah and outrageous <laughs> however However, we were having a quick look at how many games Hearts had left to save their season, because it seems a bit rough on them, a bit unfair. Very much so, yeah. But then the whole structure of how they play games in Scotland is bizarre in the extreme. Yes, it's the welcome to the Monty Python way of running a league. (laughs) It is just absolutely surreal. It seems, somehow, you play three games against all the clubs. There are 12 clubs. You play one home, one away, and then either at home or away, depending on what you did last season, or whether there was a week in the month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, after 30 games, they split the 12 teams into the top six and the bottom six, and they play amongst themselves. And depending on how you played away or home against that other team the third time, you then reverse it. Yeah, so, so if you'd had two matches at home, you know, so Dundee against Aberdeen, Dundee had had two matches at home and one away against Aberdeen, and they were in the same top six or bottom six, mm. then that match would be played in Aberdeen. And yes, the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, apparently the Scottish FA predict who will finish in the top half and the bottom half in order to make that work out. But that isn't actually guaranteed. So it's a very strange system, and Hearts have been badly done to in many ways. Oh, still, r- had, r- still had eight games to go. Still had eight games to go. Yeah, you, you know, which is what a third of their season. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, third, eight out of thirty-eight. Yeah. It does seem a little bit harsh on them. Maybe they should have, I think, probably done the same as the French league and just said, you know, okay, so Celtic, you are champions. You're champions. Yeah. And Hearts, you know, you you can stay up and whoever else comes up. Well, yeah, I mean, if they bring two teams up, I don't know how many do get promoted. Probably depends which month it is, doesn't it? But, yeah, again. But, you know, if th- with 12 teams there, having an extra team isn't going to do them any damage, is it? Let's, f- let's really. be honest. I mean, the Scottish football's damaged enough already. I don't think you can do any more. Well, it's it's, I mean, I, I can't imagine being in the meeting where they, they said, OK, guys, we've got to, d- we've got to work out how we're going to organise this league. And, and somebody comes up with, well, we'll play three games. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, right, yeah. We've each got a stadium home and away, so obviously that means we'll play three games we'll against We'll play three games. 
I mean, where did they come up with that? I don't know where they got that from. It, it just, it, uh, too, too much, I don't know, too much beer on that day or something? Or Well, I, I don't know, but it, 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 it does remind me of um, how John Cleese described Monty Python humour yeah. once, and he said, I, imagine you, you, you have a desire to go from point A to point B, but at every point in, on the way where you have to make a, make a decision, mm. do I go left, right, straight on, you, you make the decision completely independently of where you want to end up. <laughs> And th- and that's that's how Monty Python ended up in these really weird places mm. with their with their things. And the the Scottish Football Association or whoever runs their their Scottish Premier League ha- have done that. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm quite sure every single decision was perfectly sensible in and of itself. Yes. But you add it all together and you go, what? Yeah, really. It it is very very strange. I mean, I I thought they played two at home and two away, but that would be far too sensible. That would be much too sensible to yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> but then you'd you'd have 44 matches in the league, which would be arguably too many. Well, true. Although yeah. down in the what used to be the third and fourth division, don't they, they play? F- yeah, I mean, in order to be a Scottish football fan, when you're planning, you know, when you're going to go and see your team, you kind of need a degree in mathematics to work yeah. out if you where are we going today, John? Oh, I think we're away, yeah. <laughs> depending on if it's raining or not. Yeah, I've got an app for that. I can <laughs> 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 yeah, so it all depends whether they predict the season correctly or not, and then oh. you play home or away. But sadly for Hearts, they have gone down. Celtic are champions. That they can actually predict that, can't they, at the beginning of the season? And Celtic oh. Rangers, Celtic Rangers. It's been Celtic now in a row for what is it, seven, nine times? Nine times, I think. Nine, yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah, ten. Is it ten? I think it. I think yeah. It. it, it uh, who cares? Moving on. <laughs> you were saying last week about um, this sensational footballer in Germany, Timo Werner. Mm, yeah. That that is going on, isn't it? There's still still a lot of talk about where is he actually mm. going to Liverpool. Well, uh, what what seems very clear is that the Klopp wants him. Timo Werner wants to go to Liverpool, but Liverpool haven't made an offer, and Chelsea apparently are are willing to meet the price, although they haven't made an offer either. And I think I think the buyout. The, the period for the buyout clause ends this week, so it'll be very interesting. And maybe, maybe Chelsea are, and and Liverpool are, are playing this brinkmanship. Let's wait till the buyout clause period is over. And normally, you would expect the price to then go up, but maybe well, yeah. because of what's been happening last three months, maybe the price goes down. Well, this is another this is another thing. You know, the, the whole pricing structure will probably, as we said on last week's show, change. But nevertheless, that's a dangerous game to to play. Well, it, it's a dangerous game to play. Unless you desperately, desperately want and need the player. And I don't think either Chelsea or Liverpool desperately need a Timo Werner. I think the team he'd have the biggest impact at would be Chelsea. You know, because where, where would he fit in at Liverpool? Well, that's it. I mean, this is what some people are saying. Simon Jordan, as I told mm. you before the show, was saying on TalkSport this week that it might not be the money. It just might be that he doesn't fit in because they've got Mane, they've got Firmino, they've got Salah. And maybe Werner would think, well, have a look at that and think, when, when am I going to play? Well, I, I think Werner is, is you know, a confident enough lad that he'd back himself to, to get into the first team. You'd struggle to think why they'd spend £54 million on a player and not play him. Mm. Uh, maybe the question that John Henry asked, uh, asked Klopp was, OK, if we spend £54 million on this player, can you be sure the results will, next year will be £54 million better? And they're already going to win the league, so yeah. what, how much better can you do? Yeah. You know, what do you know? I mean, you'd think the owner the people spending the money go, listen, if you won the league this season with these players, what do you need to improve here? 
Well, yeah, but uh, you you can't just look at, at, at the position of where they are now. Where they are now is is part of a, part of a journey, and what what direction are they going in? Each of those players, oh. and Liverpool's great strength when they they won the league, you know, every year, and and they were a brilliant, brilliant club. Was they would move out these players who everyone thought was. You know, best oh. no, he's best in the country at that. But they'd say, well, okay, but next year he's not going to be. He moves out, and then they bring someone else in. You know, Keegan goes out, in comes Dal Cleish. Yes, that doesn't yeah. look, don't, that doesn't look a stupid decision. Yeah. Now, does it? Man United did that for during their pomp a little bit as well. Moved out a key player here and there. Yeah, that, that tended to be with people falling, falling out, out <laughs> falling out with, <laughs> yeah. with, with Lord Fergie. Yes, yeah. true enough. I suppose it is a development process, and one player who is leaving is Lalana. Indeed, that, that surprised me because. I I just I just caught the headline that he's signed an extension to his contract. Yeah, until the end of June. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't I didn't read the article. Yeah, yeah, he was due to leave at the end of the season, which we should have had by now, of course, but uh, was rudely interrupted. So they have extended it so he can actually finish the season with Liverpool uh, and therefore get his get his winners medal, his at, yeah, medal all that kind of thing. But Lalana on a free f- at the age of 32, not well, bad. No, uh, yeah, I mean somebody will pick him up and he'll be a good player for any number of teams, I would think. I mean. He, He's oh. not going to be a top four team. But no, certainly not. No, no but but it, he, you know he'll be playing Europa, you know, big Vars football, won't he? Yeah, I mean he could fit in. I mean I don't know if they'd need him, but he'd certainly get into Wolves or Sheffield United, possibly, or you know Manchester United or Arsenal, those teams. Those, those <laughs> sorts of teams. He <laughs> certainly improved the Arsenal, wouldn't he? Well, he was. Uh, you and I would do that. <laughs> well, this is true. But that, you know, they had their chance. I'm not, I'm not going back there again. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you're talking about extending the um, extending the contract. The Premier League said to ev- every team that players that they got on loan, and the loans were actually all legally finishing at the end of June. So the Premier League said you can automatically extend extend them to the end of July. We'll just treat it as being the the existing loan. And that, yeah, makes you know, sense. That's, that's fair enough. That's sensible. Apart from. One team, and that team is predictably Manchester United. Your, your favourite second team? Oh, <laughs> I think it's everybody's favourite second team. Aren't they? Yeah, Sheffield United have done brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. Um, you know, everyone thought they'd be relegated. Now they're pushing for Champions League football next year. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, one of their best players, of course, is goalkeeper Dean Henderson, who is on loan from Manchester United. Sheffield United are two points behind Manchester United with a game in hand, and Henderson's loan ends end of June. So Manchester United might not want Sheffield United to be at their full strength for the last month of the season since they'll be competing for a Champions League place yeah. with them. So they're not so far, so far, extending Henderson's loan. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of bad, but if that was my team, if it was Tottenham and they were competing with Arsenal for a Champions League spot or a Europa League spot and we had a player on loan there, I would I would applaud and um, if, if Tottenham did the same because you want to get any advantage you can within mm. the regulations. It does seem a little bit churlish, but there it, you are. It's not churlish, it's just immoral. The, <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry, but it is. The, the, the loan deal was for this season. This season hasn't ended. They're, rena- they're, reneging, yeah. on, they're reneging on an agreement they made. Yeah, it's not a to, calendar to get, thing. Yeah. To get an advantage over a team that's an immediate competitor of theirs. So remember, Manchester United, you're you're scared of Sheffield United. Let's just yeah. make this very clear. Yeah, yeah. Th- I think that's that, that's definitely the takeaway here, is that um, Manchester United are now competing with Wolves and even more so, favourites to go down, Sheffield United. Yeah. 
are Manchester United. There's only one team called United, uh, Sheffield. Uh, yeah. But yeah, United, Man United are now competing with the likes of Sheffield United. Yeah, indeed. But having said that, I'm a Tottenham fan, and who are we competing for? You know, we're sort of um, hovering around eighth, ninth. We've got a Manchester United is our first game next Friday. Uh, that's a tough one. Tottenham's running not as difficult as some. Uh, we've got West Ham amongst that mix. Got well, players yeah. coming back from injury, but I still worry. I, that top four is is a bit of a dream now. Yeah, but you 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 do have an easy run in. I mean, there there aren't many teams with an easier run in. You've got you've got Manchester United at home. Then you got West Ham at home. So mm. that that'll be a draw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it always is, isn't it? Yeah. Sheffield United away. That'll be a difficult match. Mind Everton at home, there's three points for you. Bournemouth away, to do well there. You've got the Arse at home. Ooh, yeah. North London derby, that's... You've got Jonglers away. That's Newcastle, for those that don't know. Uh, Leicester at home and Palace away. And of those, I would predict that Palace might be the hardest match. That's interesting, because I think all of those are... You say that's an easy run-in. I mean, there are no easy games, but Palace not looking to go down. They might be on the beach, as they used to say, by then. Yeah, you you would hope so. Leicester, very, very, very good team. Jonglers, if they're safe, they'll be on holiday well you say that you say that uh, a few seasons ago not that long ago Tottenham of course we all know famously came third in a two-horse race uh, to win the league Leicester won the league there was an awful game at Stamford Bridge Chelsea nowhere near the top four their season was over but of course Tottenham and Chelsea have a bitter rivalry and it was a very very vicious nasty game Uh, Tottenham needed to win I think we came away with a draw season over uh, with two or three games to go our last game was away at Newcastle who had been relegated. They were already relegated, nothing to play for. They put five past top four Tottenham, who were tipped to win the league that season, and they went away to Newcastle, still you know, fighting for a Champions League spot, relegated Newcastle, put five past Tottenham. So you say we've got an easy run-in. <laughs> we can do what we like to call Spursy, which is mess things up, basically. Well, yeah. Uh, the, the, the flip side of the coin about the, the easy run-in is that You've actually played all your, you know, completed your home and away fixtures oh. against all the difficult teams already. True. So, so your points are lower than they would otherwise. Have been. Mm, that is a good point. So I mean, you, you, know. you, you probably, if everything was equal, you'd be a couple of points higher in the league than you are now. That's that's comforting to know. Uh, you've got Arsenal there, who, you know, they're eighth, ninth alongside alongside us. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Leicester, of course, who, you know. Um, second third in the league all season so those are two tough games but yes Newcastle Palace West Ham are teams that possibly by then will have nothing to play for yeah I mean you don't want to be playing relegation threatened teams when when the result matters at the end mm. of the season do you that's, no. you know that's just common sense the arse are quite good aren't they they what? The, <laughs> the, the, the Arsenal sorry, sorry just no I meant the quite good bit that's what threw me well yeah they, they had good but not great results didn't they yeah they drew a lot of matches before the break. I mean, I mean they, yeah. they must get European football of some description, mustn't they, yeah. this, this season? Slightly, slightly. I mean, we've been saying it for a while. We hadn't seen any improvement under Mikel Arteta, the groundsman, as we like to call him. Mm. But actually, there has been, um, uh, before the, the season was uh, brought to a halt, uh, there was a, a reasonable improvement under him. But if they finish outside the Europa League spots, will he be given another year to develop? I think he will. I mean, they've averaged 1.5 points per game and they've got to get better than that to get into the Europa League positions but it, their matches to come include City, Leicester and you Spurs yeah Tottenham yeah so yeah. improving on that 1.4 points 
per game is going to be hard. It is going to be hard. I, I, I fear, I, I mean, happy for Arsenal to finish outside the top seven, but I think it could be both Arsenal and Tottenham. Uh, yes, it yeah, could and and might well. And in case anybody thinks, oh, well, you know, if Arsenal have something to play for, then, then they'll be better. Just remember their feeble exit from the Vars this season against Olympiacos. Mm. The, the might of Olympiacos. The might of Olympiacos, yes, indeed. I mean, they're a decent team, Olympiacos. You know, I'm yeah, not, but not disparaging them, but they are not in the elite in European football. Yeah. No. They're not where the Arsenal think. They are, yeah, but they're not. Yes, if it wasn't for these pesky newcomers like Sheffield United and uh, Leicester and, and, and Wolves, you know, Tottenham and Arsenal might be a little bit higher, but, uh, you know, times have changed. Before we move on, your trivia question. Oh, right, yeah, my trivia question. Uh, about an FA Cup winner, winning team. Since the start of the Football League, only one team has won the FA Cup that were not in the Football League. Which team? All right, I think I know this one. But we shall wait till the end of the show to find out. Uh, intriguing, as always, that's Jeff's trivia question for today. A quick shout-out to Global Radio, 93.6 Global Radio. Jeff and I are on a football show every Saturday afternoon for Global Radio, all about football, live, and you can catch that between 3pm uh, and 6.30 Central European Time every Saturday on 93.6 Global Radio on the Costa del Sol and www.global.fm worldwide. Looking forward to doing that again, Jeff. Yeah, it'll be good. be good to yes. be back. It yeah. will, yeah. But we're back with this podcast. Lots of uh, stuff to talk about. But yes, yeah, so Timo Werner, Timo Werner, we don't know where he's going. Could be Chelsea, could be Liverpool. Could be Liverpool, yeah. Klopp came out with an interesting interesting comment. Well, it was, it was printed during the week. I don't know exactly when he said it, but he said, I'm quoting here, discussing with the players about things like salary waivers and then on the other hand buying a player for 50 million pounds we have to explain and, and it's quite right and maybe that's behind it that well that's a yeah that is a good point because first of all it's just about clear that they're going to win the league yes these are highly paid players they unfairly as we've said on this podcast before not just Liverpool but all professional players unfairly singled out take a pay cut and now you know you're asking players again you know people are talking about a pay cap um, and then you're spending as he says all that money you've, you've got to explain it to the likes of Mo Salah who's probably won the league for you and who wants a, a contract extension and big bigger pay um, you kind of got to explain all of that haven't you so he's well, right I yeah think. it's not just about extensions and bigger pay but you know the players have lost money you know they've lost money during the lockdown so you know they are perfectly entitled to turn around and say well hang on boss you know 50 million or so, you know now I'm not quite sure how many would because most most footballers want to win and so if they if they see someone coming in that can help them win win more matches most of them will be very happy the, the one who won't be very happy is the one whose position he's going to take. Well, yeah, I was going to say that if you if you feel threatened, you think, well, am I going to pass the ball to him and he scores the goal that wins us the Champions League, or will I be not on the pitch because of him coming here and therefore losing money? So, I mean, it's kind of a complicated process, I suppose, footballers mm. have to go through to get to whether they like it or not. Infantino, the um, FIFA guy, president, has suggested that players should take a pay, ca pay cap. There should be pay capping. Mm. Uh, uh, across the leagues 
you're a business person. I mean, how does business ethic-wise, how does that go, somebody dictating that or well wanting to dictate that? Because each individual club is a, bi- a business on its own. They, they are limited companies, yes. Limited by shares. They are owned by people, yes. So, you know, wh- when, when Mrs Thatcher, in her infinite wisdom, allowed that to happen, then the FAs, the football associations, lost all the power. So they can't now impose things like that. The only way it can happen is if all the clubs in Europe because it would have to be Europe-wide, yes. get together and say, yes, you know, this is a voluntary thing. It could then be challenged by the professional football associations, the players' unions in every country. You know, and you remember how many court cases there were over the Bosman, the Bosman case, which sort of gave you know, freedom of movement well, yeah. to, to players. It, it's not going to be easy. You are dealing with, with limited companies that are limited by the law of the country they're in, nothing to do with football authorities. So if all the clubs agree, then it can happen. I'm not convinced that it will happen at the top of the game. I think there is a very good common sense argument for it happening at the bottom of the game, you know, what used to be the third and the fourth division, where oh. where clearly there is, you know, they're living beyond their means. This might be something they can do to even even things out. If this existed, then Barry would, would still be in business, Barry would still be playing football, yeah. you know, because they, they couldn't take on these players and pay them way, way more than anyone else in the in their division and, and win promotion, etc., etc. In what is now called League Two, the final division as far as prof- fully professional goes. Yeah, so they were overpaying their players. Now, we were talking there about the French League and how they've stopped playing mm. and the Scottish League have stopped playing and just decided on points system. Uh, they've done that the same in League One and League Two, the old tech, the third and fourth divisions, yeah. uh, as you like to call them. That means that currently Stevenage have been relegated out of the Football League, but it could be Macclesfield. It could be Macclesfield, yeah. Depending on what happens with their latest c- case against yes. them, uh, because they didn't pay the wages. Didn't pay the wages in March, and given that the charge has already happened, because it, you know it's a question of fact, they didn't. It's very difficult to see how they can win any court case against the Football League for that. Stevenage will be delighted if, if it goes against Macclesfield, but also yes. possibly feel, in a way, vindicated because, you know, Macclesfield have been getting away with not playing payer, players that possibly they couldn't have afforded and maybe have been better than they they deserved. Well, exactly. Uh, so Stevenage would have felt they were at some sort of unfair disadvantage, I suppose. Yeah, and you do have to keep in mind that the Football League is not an independent body, you know, on, on high looking at things uh, for, for, for the benefit of everyone. Yeah. The Football League is the owners of those football clubs. So everyone has a vested interest in the decision. Yeah, so I mean, they're all looking out for themselves. Of course they are, yeah. Firstly, um, and, you know, what is fair, thirdly, probably. Probably. <laughs> but to, to be fair, you know, it, Stevenage would claim that Macclesfield had an unfair advantage by having those players. Um, but those players were paid, weren't they, you've mentioned, uh, by the Supporters Association? Yeah, the, 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 the 20% of the salary that the club should still have been paying under lockdown was paid by the Supporters Trust at Macclesfield, yeah. They're called the Silkman's Trust. So That's it, yeah. Let's give them a shout-out because they're great people. Yes, absolutely. We will definitely do that. The Silkman Trust, well done to you. But that might not save Macclesfield from <laughs> investigation and then being found guilty. Well, that's right. They, they've, lo- they've been deducted 11 points so far. Mm. And it, you know, th- there were three points from, from the last thing they did wrong that was suspended. So even being charged now must mean those three points come yeah. in so they go below Stevenage. 
if there's another points deduction, well, they're done for, aren't they? Yes, I mean, that would be them finished, obviously. Yes. Probably uh, completely finished, actually. Yeah, along uh, along with Berry, as you say. Yeah. Uh, unless some rich owner comes along, which is unlikely because, you know, you've got rich owners after Newcastle and clubs like that instead. Yes, yeah, well, let's not get there. I mean, <laughs> that's, just, that's just the most depressing thing. Mm. And you know, actually, the most depressing thing is seeing the result, what's being posted online forums by Newcastle fans. All they can see is, oh, we're going to get lots and lots of money, mm. you know. And uh, this is the, the people who are buying the club are the people who killed Khashoggi. Mm. You know, it's it's and and this regime is just awful absolutely awful regime. If it had been, which is very unlikely, but if it had been the North Korean leader who was buying Newcastle, people would be up in arms. Uh, but as we do actually deal arms to Saudi Arabia, uh, there's some sort of legitimization gone on there, I suppose. Well, actually, p- putting Kim in charge of, of jonglers might be... <laughs> that was quite amusing. Be, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the ultimate joke. It might be, yes, actually, that'd be quite funny. That would be quite good. Yeah, because yeah. they'd, they'd break away, they'd form their own league. <laughs> Any news coming out of the state would, the, would be that they'd won every game. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we, we shouldn't laugh. It's, it's actually a very serious thing. It is, and, yeah. and, and the worst, well, not the worst part, but one of the really bad parts about this is that the only the only risk to this, uh, the only thing that can stop this um, going ahead is the fact that the Be Out TV channel, which is owned and sponsored by Saudi Arabia, has been nicking money from TV money from the Premier League. Right. So so they don't care about a, a regime that murders its own its own people, but you steal our money. Yes, yeah. Suddenly you're not fit and proper. Yeah. So we shall see, but there has been lately this week talk of other bids coming in for Newcastle, so maybe it'll go another way. You and I certainly hope so, because as has been said before, you d- there is this fit and proper thing, supposedly, a regime with blood on their hands in such a blatant way, I don't think should be should be managing a club that a football football is a very very public affair um you know so it, it, you're providing platforms where pa- or, or legitimization where perhaps you shouldn't that legitimization is is the purpose of the thing it is sports washing and, and you know they make no bones about it so you know but we are back to where we were. It's a, it's a limited company. One man owns the shares. He can sell them to whoever he wants. All right, let's move on to sort of more light-hearted stuff, though, Jeff. And let's hope that yeah, Saudi Arabia do not become part of our Saturday afternoon viewing. Yeah. You mentioned last week, we, well, you spoke about uh, the uh, Danish club who had a Zoom meeting with thousands of their fans, with screens in the stands and making a lot of atmosphere. This was Aarhus against Randers, yes. Thank you, Aarhus. Again, somebody who needs a good shout-out. That was yeah. a brilliant idea. Uh, you've noticed something talking about fans in the stadium because obviously you can't have them now you've noticed a new sort of tendency or lack of tendency in the German league without with empty stadiums yeah, yeah. T- two things have happened there are better results for the away team noticeably better away results than there were before which ties into the research that universities have done to say yes you know decisions do go to home teams I mean it's a fact they do yeah, well, the, fan- the crowd in you know the crowd affects the referee so th- without the crowd that's not happening and you know there are much much better away results than than before. That's that's happening. The second thing, which is which is quite brilliant, is there's much much less diving and acting mm. because if there's no audience, there's no point in acting. There's there? nobody to dive in front of yeah. or to act. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's it's a very noticeable thing. The whole thing. I mean, it's all drama. But w- when they dive and roll about, clutching their knee and, and demanding mm. a penalty, the whole thing is sort of kind of covered or enhanced by a soundtrack. That's right. That soundtrack being the fan 
fans, but when it, when it echo him going ouch um, and screaming for a penalty, echoing around an empty stadium and nobody agreeing with him, he actually looks at it, it's like without CGI or without a soundtrack. Yeah. It just looks like an actor in an empty space. Yeah, so yeah, not, that's right. not nearly as believable. No, that's right. I mean, uh, during a lockdown, I've I've watched a lot of the old the ser- TV series of The Saint with Roger Moore, <laughs> and uh, and the thing which is hilarious is is the 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 cars. I know. The, 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 yeah, and, and the film of Roger Moore supposedly driving a car, and you can see it's quite obviously sat in, sat in a studio. In yeah. a studio, it just yeah. never looks right. You can just see they've got the background, and it's obviously he's not driving around Monte Carlo at all. He's in Pinewood oh. with somebody holding a cardboard cutout. Yeah, he's in um, El- Elstree, actually, not Pinewood. Elstree, thank you very much. But talking of cardboard cutouts, Brighton have decided not quite as uh, high tech as the Danish team. Um, Ah, oh, thank you. Not quite as high tech as them. Brighton are going to say for their remaining home games at the Amex Stadium, how romantically named, mm. the Amex State American Excess. <laughs> they've decided to have cardboard cutouts of fans who wish to have their faces plastered on cardboard cutouts and put around the stands for twenty pounds a pop. For twenty pounds a pop. You, you send them your photograph and they uh, blow it up, cut it out, and put it on a cardboard cutout. How very high tech that is. That is, but you still compared st- to Aarhus, who with ten thousand zoom screens. Yes. Yeah, so you don't get to see the game, and it, you just just happen to have your picture in the ground at the if, time. If you right. pay twenty pounds, and what mm-hmm. a, what about season ticket holders? I know, I don't know how that works. Uh, it does seem to me a little bit cynical, mm. and also not a great help to the fans, really. I mean, it's just a, that's a vanity thing, I suppose. Well, yeah. I mean, m- maybe there's uh, there's some sort of motivation as you know it's a community thing. You know, let's all you know. I, I don't know, but but it seems to me to be very mean. You have to pay twenty quid to do it. I mean, yeah, yeah. T- I mean, you, sh- you shouldn't have to pay twenty quid to go and see Brighton anyway. <laughs> let alone no. just have your picture there. Well, they're, they're, you know, they've they've exceeded expectations this year, haven't they? So mm. actually, yes. In in, in fair, fair they're fifteenth, two points ahead of West Ham, so they're almost certainly going to stay up. Some people said that Brighton may go down. Looks like they are just about safe. Well, I don't know. Hang on a second. Let, let's just look at the matches they've got. Um, they've got the Arse, Leicester, Man United, Liverpool and City. Ouch. There's five of their nine games. Yeah. So they go, they can realistically get points from the other, f- maybe one point against the Arsenal. And then they need points from Norwich away, Southampton mm. away. That might be quite easy. Southampton are safe. Newcastle at home. Newcastle will be on holiday. Mm. Three or four points there. And then Burnley away. Burnley. Mm. Basically, Brighton, Brighton look to be in trouble, actually, based on yeah. those games. Having said that, maybe those that predicted uh, Brighton to go down still could be right. It, it's still very mixed up there at the bottom of the it, table. Oh, it's very close. And the, the golden rule is always if you got the same number of points as games played or fewer points than mm. games played, you're in trouble. Yeah. So anyone from Brighton downwards is... Yeah, they're 29-29, so in, from then down, how many is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, six teams. Yeah, three to go down, and there's six who could b- fill those those yeah. spots, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming Southampton have done enough. They're five points clear, right? So Southampton have done mm. enough already. Well, yeah. Norwich are down, aren't they, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, Villa quite possibly. Villa quite possibly. That Bournemouth. Mm, that third tough. spot. That third spot could be any old Bournemouth, Brighton. Well, I think that third spot will be to- a toss-up between Bournemouth and Brighton, yeah. So you're saying your team, West Ham, are safe? I will be. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think our running is, is easier than nearly everyone else down there. You know, we, we got a guaranteed three points from the away match at Tottenham. So oh, really? That's, that, oh, that, my that's God. Gonna ha- that's going to help, obviously. Listen, nobody's played football for 100 days, and yet West Ham still lost two games <laughs> <laughs> during lockdown. That, that's how bad 
bad they are. They lost two games that they were 3-0 up with five minutes to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, West, West Ham's games are Wolves at home. That's a tough game. Spurs away. It's nearly always a draw. Chelsea at home. Mm, that's often a draw too. That's the best you'll get out of that, I think. Although you did beat them at Stamford Bridge exactly. earlier in the season. Yes, exactly. Uh, Jonglers away. Toss a coin. Anything. Who, who the hell knows? Uh, Burnley at home. That'll be a tough game. Burnley are a tough team. Mm. Norwich away. Norwich will need need to win that to stay up, so it'll be a hard game. Mm. But West Ham are better than Norwich. Watford at home. Watford will be on holiday. Manchester. Well, what, Watford are another team that could still go they're, down. They're down there, yeah. Yeah, uh, Manchester United away and Aston Villa at home. So there's some three-pointers down there, actually. Yes, but I think it's going to be a very exciting end to the season. Yeah. Uh, resumption of and end of a season, the last nine, eight games, especially in that bottom bottom six. Uh, and all the games available to be watched one way or another on all the different providers, yeah. including the BBC, have got a few games. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And it is predicted they probably get their biggest ever audience uh, of a sporting event ever, which quite obviously, if you, if you haven't got Sky or Beat-In or your local pub hasn't or whatever, to be able to watch on... And, and much, I think the BBC do... For, they've... They do a lot of things very badly lately, uh, reporting-wise. Um, well, the, the Brexit Broadcasting Corporation. The Brexit, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they've become... I don't get my news from there anymore, but I would very much enjoy watching... F I do very much enjoy watching football on the BBC. They, they, they do it best. I yeah. think they do it best. They, they are the people... They're the channel that people want to watch big sport mm. events on. If, yes. You know, if, it, if it's them and it's also on satellite, people watch it on BBC. Yeah, and, and we are con contractually obliged to say that... Other TV channels are available. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. So, football starting next week. We will be predicting the next round of games. Jeff and I on hitting the bar. But before we finish off, your question and the answer. Since the Football League started, only one club from outside the league has won the FA Cup. Who are they? And, Chris, you can tell me. I can. It is the wonderful one and only Tottenham Hotspur. In 1901, yeah, which is, which is <laughs> the last time they were wonderful. Yes. Yeah. No, we did win a trophy back in 2008. That was the last time we won anything, can you believe? But that was 1901, so explain why. Well, because uh, back then there were two two leagues which competed with each other. There was the Southern League and the Football League. And after that they merged at, to be called the Football League. Right, so we were non-Football League. You were a Southern League team, yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done, Tottenham Hotspur. Well done, Jeff, for that. That's all we've got time for. We'll be back next week. I'm Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. And that was Hitting the Bar, the football podcast. <laughs>